Welcome to the Southside Sermons Podcast. I am Christopher Campbell, pastor of Southside Baptist Church, located in Decatur, Alabama. This message you're about to hear is from God's Word and is offered to you with this prayer that God would give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey His Word. May your faith be strengthened in Jesus, and may you grow in your knowledge of Him. He will give you peace. This is not a platitude. This is a promise. God will give us peace because peace is something only God can give. Peace is a fruit of God's character. Peace is intrinsic to God's nature. It is who he is, a God of peace. Peace is what we experience in God's presence. And so let me ask us this question. How do we know if we need peace? Let me ask it in a more personal way. How do you know if you need peace? The answer is really quite simple. We know we need peace when we realize that we don't have it. History has shown that some of the most wealthy celebrities and athletes have bought houses and cars and lifestyles without giving any thought to needing money because they had so much of it until the day the manager called to say that the money ran out until they didn't have any money anymore. Then they realized that they needed it. Food is the same way. We can eat and become full without giving any thought to needing food for survival because we have it until we open up the pantry and it's empty, until we run out. Then we realize we need it. We take relationships for granted and fail to properly appreciate them. Have we not heard it said, we won't realize what we're missing until it's gone? We know that we need peace if we've ever experienced a time without it. And so it is that the absence of peace in our lives is a symptom that something is not right in our relationship with God. I want you to examine your life right now. Are you at perfect peace? I came across an older article that had been written about Adrian Rogers. I learned a lot from Adrian Rogers' ministry, especially in college. I listened to thousands of his messages, and the time came for Adrian Rogers to die. He was sick in the hospital, and his successor at Bellevue, Steve Gaines, had gone into his room. He had said his last words before they put him on the ventilator. And they knew once they put him on the ventilator, he would not be able to speak anymore. And they all left the room, and they put him on the ventilator. And the article said that Steve Gaines went back into the room for just a moment. And Agent Rogers gave him a thumbs up and nodded. And his last words that he had spoken before that ventilator had got on was this, I am at perfect 
peace. Even in the midst of that challenging time, are you at this moment at perfect peace? Peace is a word that has many senses. It describes wholeness. It means everything is intact, complete, sound, in harmony. Are you at perfect peace? Or is there something that is causing you to experience all of the enemies of peace? That is fear, anxiety, concern, unhappiness, scarcity, lack, division, war. Asked another way, what is something that you want but do not have? When what we want doesn't materialize in what we have, often we don't have peace. There's not harmony. Things as we see them are out of balance. What is keeping you today from having peace? I want you to think about whatever that is and put a name to it and write it down if you can. What is causing you to not have this perfect peace? Whatever that is for you, that is where God wants to meet you today. That is where something is not right in your relationship with him. That is an area you have not given over to God or trusted him with. The message of this Advent Sunday is that God will give you peace today, but God's peace is found in only one place, him. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says that Jesus Christ himself is our peace. When sin entered into the world, all of humanity learned in a moment what they always had but had now lost in God. The peace of God. Peace with God. As God began the process of redemption, restoring humanity's relationship to himself. That process included bringing peace to the world, the peace of heaven to earth. This is the Christmas message that is good news of great joy for all people. The message announced by the angel and heavenly host to the shepherds in the field, Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When that message of peace was announced to the shepherds, it was not the first time the scriptures had proclaimed the peace of God. Have you ever wondered why there is so much depth in the Christmas story? In its simplest form, the Christmas story is that a baby was born. And yet, in God's story, the birth of Jesus involves so much more. Space is given in God's word to the preparations, the prophecies, the provisions, the angels, the shepherds, the wise men, the gifts, the worship. The Christmas story is what it is not because it stands on its own, but because of all that came before it. The Savior that was born 
had been promised and expected for a very long time. The peace of Christ now come was something hoped for and sought after by God's people for a long time. And they were reminded of this promise and peace every year through the words of blessings spoken by the mouth of the priests. Perhaps the most powerful blessing is this high priestly blessing recorded in the words of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. Look with me at Numbers 6, verses 22 through 23. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. Notice that this blessing began with the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses. All of God's blessings begin with God. Peace begins with God. Prescriptions will not give us peace. Possessions will not give us peace. Our preferences, having things not go our way, that will not give us peace. Only what is given by God will give us peace. Anything that we have that we think is a blessing, if it didn't come from God, it's not a blessing. This is a blessing that began with the Lord and was given through Moses to Aaron and his sons. Aaron was the high priest. Aaron's sons were the priests. As priests, they stood between God and his people, mediating God's word and God's peace to his people. And while the priests would bless the people at various times, as the people entered into the sanctuary for worship or after a sacrifice had been offered, there was this special blessing once a year on the Day of Atonement. Aaron, the high priest, would enter into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat to picture God's provision for making his people right with him, at peace with him. Aaron would then come out and bless the people with the words of the high priestly blessing. And in speaking this blessing to the people, he was speaking on behalf of the Lord, telling the people what the Lord their God will do for them. Notice how in each of these three verses of the blessing, the Lord's name is given. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. With each mention of the Lord's name, there is also an action that God will do. And for each action that God will do, this blessing also gives a meaning for that action. And the last meaning is the culmination of the entire blessing and our theme for today. He will give you peace. Look at Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord will bless you, meaning God will make good abound to you. God will give good gifts to you. Did you know that God wants good for you? Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. 
Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? We may be hearing this message right now and think, well, God doesn't seem so good given what I'm going through right now. Well, that's because we are defining what is good. And we're judging God's goodness by our own measurements. No. This blessing begins with God. And so our understanding of blessing, our understanding of what is good, must be what God first says it is. When I ask someone, how are you doing? Most people say, I'm good. Occasionally, someone will say, I'm blessed. We want to be blessed by God. It's not a bad thing to be blessed by him. Listen to what Jesus says of the end times in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 34. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. There will be a clear division between those who are blessed and those who are cursed. From Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, Jesus goes on to say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. This is or should be one of the greatest fears in life how we will spend eternity as those who inherit the kingdom or as those who depart into eternal fire. God's action of blessing involves all God is doing to save us from fire, to make us his own children, and to give us an eternal inheritance with him. But this blessing reveals one area in which many people do not have peace. It's the area of security, eternal security. Look at the blessing again, number 624. The Lord bless you and keep you. God protects us. God watches over us. God guards us. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. That's the same word, to keep. What the shepherds were doing with their sheep on the night that the angel appeared to them to announce Christ's birth in Bethlehem is the same thing that God does for us. He keeps watch over us. Because of God's blessing, we have God's security. And we can face all the dangers of life knowing that nothing will happen to us that God is not overseeing. 
Nothing will happen to us that is not outside of God's control. Psalm 23, verse 4, you know it well. You can say it with me in your heart. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Lord blesses, the Lord keeps. And then verse 25 of number 6 says, The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Shine. The action of the Lord is that he will make his face shine upon you. That means God will not hide his face from you. Have you ever seen someone's face just light up? Several, several weeks ago, I was able to go to a, uh, something at my daughter's school. They were putting on this performance. We were all socially distanced, but they brought the different classes in to do their performance one at a time. And Marion and I were sitting towards the front, and they started bringing in Addison's class. And everyone was watching and paying attention, but do you know what Addie was doing? Where's mom and dad? She was just looking, 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 looking. And then our eyes met, and I saw in just a moment her face light up because she saw that we were there. And then she got focused and went about doing what they were doing. A person's face lights up or shines when that person is looking favorably at you. They are happy to see you. They are not embarrassed of you. They're not hiding away. God will make his face shine upon you and cast away all darkness. And this is another area where many need peace. They fear not only security, but also support. Will God support me? And this blessing tells us that because God does not hide his face, because God will make his face shine upon you, he will be gracious toward you. God will support you. God looks at you with favor, and God will bestow that favor upon you by his grace. He will deliver you from enemies. He will save. He will forgive sin. He will answer prayers when you are in distress. Psalm 139, 7 through 12 says this, where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. In a similar way, Numbers chapter 6, verse 26 says, The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lift, that's the action that God does. When a face is fallen, that face is angry. But God lifts his face upon you. He lifts his countenance upon you. 
God has every reason to be angry with us because of our sin. Hell and the lake of fire exist to show how angry God is at sin, among other things. But the good news is that God does not stay angry forever. Listen to these words from Psalm 103, verses 8 through 14. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. All who fear God and know his gift of salvation in Jesus may have security, support, and forgiveness of sin. God lifts his face toward us, and this means that God gives us peace. Give. It's the other action the Lord does. God does not withhold, but God gives. Peace, completeness, health, safety, well-being, he's attentive to us. The only question that remains is who receives this blessing? Numbers answers it this way in Numbers chapter 6, verse 27. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them, says the Lord. Those who receive the name receive the blessing. And that is the message of the gospel. Jesus received the name, Emmanuel, God with us. And Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 20 says, For in him, in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Unlike Aaron, who entered into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement with the blood of an animal to sprinkle on the mercy seat, Jesus, our great high priest, entered into the curtain in heaven and offered his own blood once for all. This is one reason why we celebrate his birth. He came to bleed on the cross. He came to make us right by his blood, by giving his life in our place for our sin. He died to take our sin. He rose to life that he might bless us with his name. A name represents ownership. And church, God purchased us, the scriptures tells us, with his blood, the blood of Jesus. That's Acts 20, 28. And that means that we are blessed by God. 
and we have peace with God because we belong to him. The Lord spoke this blessing in Numbers to Moses to speak to Aaron, to speak to the people. But in the Gospel of John, beginning in chapter 14, Jesus begins what is called his final discourse, his final sayings before the cross. And the final discourse has two parts to it in the Gospel of John. Both parts end with Jesus proclaiming peace. John chapter 14 and verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And again in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. When Jesus said that, Jesus was speaking as God himself. And then in John chapter 17, one chapter after this, Jesus prays what is known as the high priestly prayer. It's no coincidence that Jesus, when he was doing this, was remembering back to the blessing, the high priestly blessing that God gave to his people through Aaron. Jesus does not speak just another blessing. The point of this message is that Jesus is the blessing. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the total fulfillment of all that Numbers chapter 6 anticipates. And so all the promised blessings become ours in Jesus Christ. And these blessings are not merely proclaimed over us, as Aaron did, but these in Jesus, these blessings are implanted within us. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24, describe for us fruit of the Spirit of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Jesus, he will give you peace. It is what this season is all about. And so in light of this season, hear these words of hope from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of, say it with me, peace. Thank you again for listening to this message. I pray that God would accomplish his purpose in you through the preaching, hearing, receiving, and believing of his word. 
If you wish to share any comments or questions about the message you have heard, please call Southside at 256-353-8814 or visit us on the web at southsidebaptist.net. Also, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast to receive a new message each week.